0: Hello, hello, and welcome to That Garden Show. My name is Shannon. And I'm Harmony. And we're glad you're with us for yet another episode. Happy November, Harmony. Happy November. It's the top of the month. How exciting. Um, I love November, a time to be grateful for all the wonderful things in our lives. Um, one of those wonderful things is our health and as many people know the pandemic is ramping up with more COVID cases in many areas including our own so from this point forward we've decided to tape our, pro- our podcast remotely and so hopefully you guys don't notice any difference in the production but we did want to let you know um, and please make sure you're wearing a mask when you go out into town and you're socially distancing to the best of your ability.
1: And that brings me to today's topic, actually. Um, This is another way that you can continue to try to maintain your health here with herbs. Uh, So we are going to do a two part series on herbs and today is going to be part one. We're gonna talk about different herbs and how they're used for their medicinal, savory or aromatic qualities. So there are three different ways that you can access herbs. Um, you guys can grow your own. This is gonna be the most sustainable way that you can do it. Um, but unfortunately, not everybody has access. Not everyone has the knowledge. Not everyone has the land to be able to grow their own herbs. So you can also reach out to local growers or farmers markets, um, local farms, uh, like a you pick type farm. Those are gonna be your next best bet. They're a little bit more expensive than growing it yourself, obviously, but they're gonna be more fresh and you'll have more control over um, how they're grown and what's used Um, now obviously again not everyone is going to have access to that so your third option is going to be a grocery store or online this is going to be the cheapest option usually Um, but the problem with this is that you can't really be sure of what's used on it you can't be sure if it's ethically sourced so you do have more options though Um, something that is grown in a hot temperate climate maybe you live in a cold climate you're not able to grow it yourself but you are able to source it Um, and you can also get dried or fresh from the grocery store or online as well what we're specifically going to focus on in this episode is talking about how you can grow it yourself how you can harvest it yourself and how you can use it yourself. So, Shannon, do you want to go ahead and start with the first herb? Sure,
0: um, Harmony. One of the most underrated herbs, in my opinion, is parsley. Um, parsley is so often used on, you know, as a garnish at restaurants or um, on top of pretty pictures on Instagram. But I didn't really understand how wonderful parsley can be until I had a conversation with my neighbor um, a summer or two ago, and she told me how in love with parsley she was. She grew this really large parsley plant and was able to harvest enough to freeze and dry and just, you know, carry her through all the winter months. Um, Parsley is great for things like inflammation. It has antioxidants in it. Um, There are reports that say it helps reduce uh, your ability to catch things or get things like cancer or Alzheimer's disease, and it also freshens breath and helps with digestion. So it's a very well-rounded, awesome herb. For me, parsley is incredibly easy to grow. I um, put a plug start in in springtime, and I like to grow my parsley in a container, and then I put that container next to my garden bed just to kind of contain it a little bit more than letting it run free um, but I had parsley all season long and had to you know harvest the full batch just about a week ago um, when the cold weather started coming in. Oh, nice. Have you grown parsley before?
1: I have yes yes I do normally grow that
0: as well. Yeah good herb. What's one of your favorite herbs Har- Harmony?
1: Uh, one of my favorites and one of my most commonly used is lavender. Uh, I used to not like lavender so much just because I was so used to the um like the fake smell of lavender and it was so strong and so overpowering but once i started growing it myself i realized it doesn't have to smell like that it doesn't have to be so strong and overpowering depending on how you use it um so lavender is one of the plants that actually thrives on neglect you don't have to really do too much with it which is one of the cool things um so the most common is english lavender but there's also french spanish egyptian lavender Um, there's all kinds of different varieties that can be used and it can be used in tea with the flowers or the leaves uh it can be used in cooking um i actually have a um a muffin recipe not a muffin sorry i have a cupcake recipe that i use that is a lemon lavender um, cupcake and it's amazing so it's used in uh jams you can use it in again the leaves for the teas you can mix it with rosemary for meats and then it's used in a lot of like cosmetic stuff, so in uh, oils, bath salts, bath bombs, um, any type of aromatherapy, all of that stuff. So lavender is really common and it's used in a lot of things because it's it's pretty amazing. It helps with anxiety, um, it helps sleep, and it can also be used um, to help with um, different kinds of pain.
0: I really like the way a lavender plant looks. Um, how you know it kind of has that bushy feel to it, and in the peak of the season those purple flowers pop so much off those plants they're beautiful All right, Shannon, what is the next herb? Um, Harmony basil is another great herb to grow in the garden. I was really late to the growing herb game, but since I've started growing basil last year, I will grow it every year I have a garden moving forward. Um, It can help with things like diabetes. It slows the release of the sugar in the blood. It's also another antioxidant and antibacterial um, herb. And the thing I love a lot about it, too, is you can grow it near your potato or not your potatoes. The thing I love about it, too, is you can grow it near your tomatoes and it actually sweetens up the tomato flavor a bit more. Um, I did a test because I just kind of didn't believe that that was the case. So I did a test and it's true that um, the tomatoes that grew closer to the basil were slightly sweeter than the ones that did not. Um, Harmony, what are some of the things you love about basil?
1: So I love basil. Um, I actually have a diffuser and one of the scents that I use, I only actually really use two. I use basil and then I use a coriander bergamot scent, which is like a citrusy scent. Um, I'm not really too big on essential oils. I'd rather just use the whole plant itself. I feel like that's a little bit more healthier Um, and it's less time intensive. But with basil, um, it's just, it's one of my favorite smells. I don't know what it is about it. It's just, it's so relaxing to me. Like that's more relaxing than, um, than chamomile or lavender. It's just, it smells amazing.
0: Nice. I would have never thought of doing basil in a diffuser before. That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is really good.
0: So you're up, Harmony. Tell me another one of your favorite herbs.
1: Um, Another one is licorice root. Um, I don't grow this one because it's super time intensive and it's a perennial native to Western Asia and uh, South Europe. Um, And it's only harvested about two or three years after you actually plant it. So again, it it does take time. Um, But the roots are really, really good in tea. Um... In cooking, it's actually used in candies. And then in cosmetics, this is my favorite use for it, actually, is um, it's really good for your face, for hyperpigmentation, puffiness, rashes, swelling. Um, You know, it's got antioxidants. The way that I was exposed to licorice root was actually a face cream that I was using and it has licorice root in it and it smells like dirt. Um, The face cream itself smells like dirt, but it it is weird, I liked it and I was Googling, you know, what all was in it and what, and I realized, Licorice root is the biggest ingredient in it because it's so good for your skin. And it really is. It's
0: just, it's amazing for your skin. You know, the tea I'm drinking right now has licorice root in it. Got some good information.
1: Yeah. And like it's also, in, so in teas, the thing about it in teas is it's an expectorant. So if you are sick, if you've got a cough, anything like that, it will, it will help
0: yes that's that's exactly what this tea is it's meant for helping in the cold and flu season very cool Um, the next herb i wanted to talk about is thyme Um, one of my favorite herbs especially in the fall and winter dishes Um, we don't eat uh, meat or i don't eat meat but uh, it is nice to add to soups or stews or um, the veggie pot pie different things like that Um, And thyme, like so many other herbs, also can help with inflammation. It actually helps with your airway inflammation. So going back to the cold and flu season, thyme is another great one um, that can help with that. And it is one of those herbs that for me is so easy to grow. Um, It just keeps coming back. I can run out to the garden and get a sprig or two and very quickly add them fresh to dishes. And there's really nothing like fresh thyme.
1: All right, so the last one that we're going to talk about is chamomile. Uh, The most common kinds of chamomile that are grown and used are German and Roman. And chamomile um, grows in drained soil with full sun. It's used in tea. It's used in cooking, cosmetics, again. Um, With tea, you use the full flowers. With cooking, it's actually used, and I've never had it like this, but it's used in ice cream. Which I think a chamomile-based ice cream sounds amazing. yeah um, Yeah, right. It's just that's it's it's a weird flavor combination that I never would have thought of, but it sounds really good. Um, and then cosmetically, again, um, I'm just I'm really interested in stuff that's good for your skin, guys, because you only have one face, so please take care of it. So chamomile is good for hyperpigmentation, puffiness, puffiness, rashes, swelling. Um, it has antioxidants in it as well, and it's anti-inflammatory as well.
0: Fun fact about skin: It is the largest organ on your body, which I never thought of skin about as an organ before. But that was wild for me to hear. Um, chamomile looks a lot like daisies, right? Is that the? It's the white with the yellow. Uh, it's the yellow center with the white flowers. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I should plant some chamomile. I have not grown those before. Um, being such an output based person, a lot of my herb choices were really based off, or that I was planting was really based off of how it would help the other things in my garden and also things that I would use in my kitchen over the summer and, you know, be able to preserve um, some of the great companion plants. Like I mentioned, basil with tomatoes is wonderful. Um, mint is a great uh, companion plant when it comes to helping prevent other bugs, um, chives and rosemary as well. Um, Are there any other companion plants that you like to grow? Chamomile is actually a really good companion plant for basil because it helps strengthen
1: the essential oils and it will help it produce more essential oils. Um, And then it's also really good to grow with cabbages. Um, I had some planted in the center of my cabbage and broccoli beds this summer, Mm -hmm. and it did really, really well. The one bed that I had with cabbage that didn't have any chamomile was kind of ravaged, um, but the other beds were left alone. So it works really well because what it does is, because the scent is so strong, it overpowers the smell of the cabbage. Cabbages themselves, so um, you know different cabbage loopers and cabbage worms, um, you know, kind of get disoriented and they don't know where it is.
0: Very cool. So kind of like marigolds can do for a lot of plants as well. I should give that a try because my cabbage got ravished this year as well.
1: And speaking of marigolds, uh, I plant marigolds in the corner of each of my beds uh, because it is the really what I found the best organic pest control method uh, to keep your plants safe. You want to make sure that you're using the French marigolds though. There's a lot of different kinds. The French marigolds are going to be the ones that are a little bit shorter and they're going to look two-tone. They're going to be more of like an orange and yellow. So if you find the ones um, that are just yellow or just orange, you want to stick to the ones that are orange and yellow if they don't have a
0: tag. I actually grew some Safari Bolero. I think that's how you say it, marigolds, in the corners of my garden this year as well. They're so beautiful, those two-tone flowers. Um, Personally, I think they look a little bit too carnation-y for me, so I had stayed away from them in the past, but um, knowing the benefits of growing marigolds, I went a little too heavy-handed on them this year, I would say. Next year, I think I will put mine in grow bags outside of the garden beds just so that I can maximize my garden bed space um, with the vegetable plants, and then that way they're like right there, um, but not overpowering, because I had a bit of a war between my tomatoes and my Um, marigolds this year
1: okay so now that we talked about a couple different kinds of herbs let's talk about storage Um, if you have fresh herbs you want to either use those right away or you want to dry those and then once you dry those you want to make sure that you are storing those in a airtight container Uh, And I say airtight, but what I really mean is watertight, because if you are putting it in a container that is closed, but isn't really airtight, then it's still going to be exposed to oxygen, which is going to degrade the herbs itself. So imagine whatever container you put your herbs in, that you are dunking it in a sink full of water. And if you think that water could get in, then it is not airtight, it's not watertight, and you need to find another space to put your herbs You also wanna keep them somewhere where they are not in direct sunlight. Um, That will help degrade the herbs faster as well. And then ideally, when you uh, dry your herbs, you wanna dry them in the largest whole pieces possible um, because what that's gonna do is it's actually gonna help it retain the oils longer. So if you have chamomile, um, for instance, and you dry chamomile, you just wanna dry the whole flowers. You don't need to crush it up. And then once you have the whole flowers and they're dried, you put them in your, um, I just use ball jars. You put those in your jars or whatever kind of container that you're using. You don't have to grind it. You don't have to crush it until you actually use it.
0: That's some good information. How long would you say those watertight jars are good for before the herbs start losing their potency?
1: Uh, So most herbs are really good for about a year and that's it. And that, so that means that if you have a kitchen like I do, where you have a whole bunch of different spices, you might want to go through it every now and then to make sure that you don't have herbs um, that are, that are
0: way past your date. You know, the more we talk about this Harmony, the more I'm getting geeked up about growing herbs next year, because I Buy many of my herbs from the grocery store in the big you know the big spice named companies and such and i 'm really wondering how long has it been that they 've been sitting in those jars or you know getting processed like how old is that spice or that herb by the time it gets to my house?
1: yeah, now, most dried herbs are actually more potent than um, fresh herbs, and so they 'll actually require less. But there are some things like basil, for instance. Um, Basil starts to lose its flavor. So, I mean, think of like fresh basil and then dried basil. Like dried basil has nothing on on fresh basil.
0: Totally. And the color can change too, right? Over time, the color starts fading away as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of them will get darker um, or they'll they'll either get darker or they'll fade their colors.
0: Okay, guess I gotta clean out my herb cabinet. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) When, I think it was, uh,
1: who was it? I don't remember who, but someone had said something about herbs going bad. And I was like, what? Spices. Yeah, I know herbs can go bad, but spices. And then, you know, my brain. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. That is the same thing. Harmony.
0: I never really thought of how certain herbs got in my kitchen, right? Like paprika is is a big one. It was just this year. I was this many years old when I learned that paprika is literally just a pepper that they dried and then Um, Broke up. I don't know what I thought paprika was previously, but I just had no understanding or like cumin or, you know, there's just all these different herbs that I never really thought about um, what the actual plant or the, the origin really of that herb is.
1: Yeah. And once you like start looking into it, like you said, like now you're getting geeked up about it because it is it's, it's weird that it's exciting, but it's exciting to be able to have that control over your food and where it comes from and why, you know, kind of know the why behind it.
0: Yeah. And other than like cooking um, spices, you know, I really enjoy herbal tea. This is also something I just got into in the last few years. Um, one of my favorite teas, which I'm drinking right now, has cardamom, uh lemongrass licorice root ginger black pepper and peppercorn in it and um you know it's not a sweet tea by any means of course but i just love the flavor and i love how it makes me feel after i drink it and it's just a really quality way to you know ingest your herbs
1: yeah and I I like to jokingly say that anything can be tea if you're brave enough Um, but what I mean by that is that you could use mint tea chamomile tea um, you know all kinds of different things but then there are some things that you do really have to be careful about Um, I love comfrey Uh, it is amazing for so many different things
0: so I should return the uh, horseradish tea I was gonna get you for Christmas (laughs)
1: I don't know if i would drink that to be honest because uh that just sounds awful but yeah you want to you want to be mindful of don't think um don't fall into the trap that because it's natural it's safe that is that is not true at all there are a lot of natural things uh foxglove is natural but it will kill you so please make sure that you are looking into what you're using and understanding what it is and where it comes from. And that's, that's the other part of the reason why you want to make sure that you're buying from a reputable seller. If you are buying this, um, to make sure that you're not buying one thing that's labeled as another, because that's a whole different can of worms, but that can be very, very dangerous.
0: So true.
1: So let's talk about how some of these herbs can be used in cosmetics. So one of my favorite face masks is, um, colloidal oatmeal. It's just, it's ground up oatmeal with, uh, turmeric, and what is it? Milk? Oh, no, yogurt. Sorry. So one of my favorite face masks is colloidal oatmeal, which is just ground up oatmeal, turmeric, and yogurt. And it is amazing for your skin. Um, Now with this, you want to be careful that you are not doing this um, the night before you have to go anywhere. So I would do this on a Friday night if you are a homebody like me, because it will stain your face yellow. Um, It'll only be for a couple of hours, so it's not that bad. (laughs) And it's totally worth it because it will make your skin feel so smooth and amazing. Turmeric is good for your skin. Yogurt is good for your skin. And then um, oatmeal is super good for your skin. Now you can add a lot of different stuff to your face mask, it's really up to you, but you wanna be mindful, especially with essential oils, that you are not using anything that is going to react or interact with your skin. So make sure that you guys are doing your research. If you guys have a specific question about herbs or how you could use it in something, you could tag us in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Um, reach out to us, ask us a question. We don't mind answering. Um, It's a whole lot to get into on an entire podcast, but just be mindful of that. So you can do, you know different bath salts, Epsom salts, um, and you can mix that so Epsom salts with um, some kind of carrier oil. So my favorite uh, bath salt recipe is super simple it's only three ingredients it's Epsom salt, um, sunflower oil, and uh, rose petals. I like the rose petals just because I love the way they smell and I love it in the bathtub. I hate cleaning it up after I take a bath but I love using those as bath
0: salts. Shannon do you have any kind of like bath salt recipes that you use? You know, I personally do not, but I have a cousin who has made a lot of bath salts that I have loved. Um, I love the flower pieces in the bath. Like you said, it's a pain in the butt to clean up after the fact. But in the moment of the bath, I really love, you know, the flower smell and the flower petals in there I don't try personally to make them myself I've tried a lot of other people's products um, that they've made that I knew what ingredients were in them of course Um, and I've enjoyed that I'm really excited about some of these new companies that are popping up and you know making products that um, for sale a lot of small businesses are doing that um, this time of year for the holidays
1: And guys, we want to point out that we do not expect you and we are not these amazing homestead mamas who, you know, milk the cow and make the butter and and do everything ourselves. There are definitely some things that we outsource and that's okay. This is one of the things that I have the time, the effort, the energy, the knowledge and the uh, ability to make these things myself. So I enjoy making them, but there are a lot of different things that I don't. I love salsa, but secret time, guys, I don't make my own salsa. I'd rather just buy it because I don't want to make it. So,
0: And I love making salsa.
1: <laughs> so everybody's different. So I just want to make sure that anybody listening to this, that you do not think that, you know, we are saying that you have to do it all because you don't. Totally. There are enough people telling you to
0: do it yourself. We are not one of those. These are just suggestions. If you wanted to do it yourself, some information. Or maybe if you, like me, did not know that paprika came from a pepper plant, You know, it's an opportunity to learn a little bit about how to get closer sourced spices to where we live. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And there's a lot of, um, you know, the the information, you don't have to use it to make it yourself. You can use it just to be able to look at the labels a little bit differently, um, just to be able to know what am I what am I buying versus what did I think?
0: I will never forget, Harmony, the day I looked at a taco seasoning packet at the grocery store and I read the ingredients that included everything from the normal spices that you would expect to somehow high fructose corn syrup was in there. And from that moment forward, I have made all my own spice blends off of my own spices or using the spices from the store, but then mixing them together myself
1: yeah yeah it's just it's really it's it's a good feeling to be able to know what is in my food or my cosmetics or you know whatever what is in it and to know that it's it's something safe and that you're
0: okay with correct you don't want to be someone's guinea pig harmony you know how you like make roasted red pepper in oil and stuff and it's really delicious have you ever done that with any herbs or you know made any kind of concoctions like that
1: yeah so you can do um oil infusions and you can do these uh for cosmetic uses or you can do them for culinary uses so you could do like a basil infusion you could do something like that a garlic infusion is another really common one um but you could also do um like a rose of sharon infusion or A lavender infusion something like that Um, and those are really good the the cosmetic ones are really good for your skin as well Um, oil is just it's good for your skin depending on what kind you use Um, so something like avocado oil or sunflower oil Um, and again olive oil It can be used, the reason I hesitate to use olive oil with these kind of infusions um, for cosmetic uses is because it has a stronger scent, so you will smell like olive oil. (laughs) So if you're okay with that, that's fine. Um, I prefer not to smell like a salad most days though. So um, for culinary uses, definitely, but cosmetic, I try to stay away from it if I can. So what oil would you suggest then? Um, For me, I like sunflower oil or um, avocado oil. Those are both really, really good for you. Uh, Sesame oil is another one. Um, It does have a bit of a scent, but I I like the way that smells. So sesame oil as well, yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm trying to picture this in my head. How do we do it we put the the fresh herbs or do we wait till that we've dried them already into a container with the oil or walk me through the process um,
1: you could do it with fresh or dried but if you do it with fresh you want to make sure that you clean them and then make sure they are completely dry because if you are using uh, herbs that are wet that can cause mold and some other issues and it's gonna ruin your concoction basically so you could do dry or fresh um, but you're going to fill it up um, for these again I use mason jars for like everything so fill up a mason jar um, with your herb and then you are going, well, it depends on what you have. Lavender is going to be a little bit different than rose petals, right? Um, so with lavender, you fill it up about a third of the way, rose petals, you fill it up all the way. And then you're just going to pour the oil on top of it so that you fill the container. And then you are going to close it. You're going to let it set for about six to eight weeks. And then you strain out the, the plant part, the herb part that's left over. And then you use the herb. Or use the oil.
0: Okay. So when you say you fill it with oil, we're going to, like everything else with like canning and everything, you're going to cover the plant product completely with oil, right? You don't want any of that plant product sticking above. Yep. You're going to cover it completely. Okay. Do you put anything kind of like with those rose petals maybe? Do you put anything to help hold them down and squish them under the oil? Or you just, you know, make sure you got it covered and let them sit?
1: Nope. I just make sure I have them
0: covered and I let them sit. Okay. I might have to give that a try. Well, Harmony, I think that about wraps up our part one piece of the herb conversation. Um, so that means it's time for party time. (laughs) All right, Shannon. All right. Our first question
1: is now that it's starting to, our first question is now that it's getting colder, what could I plant now?
0: You know, I'm so glad you asked this I am a huge proponent for growing garlic and now is the perfect time to plant your garlic Um, some might be thinking Shannon what do you mean it was two weeks ago that we should have planted garlic we've already seen our first little snowfall here in Michigan Um, and that is true but you can still plant it now in fact even um, in the spring if you really wanted to it just would affect the size of the bulbs The important thing about getting garlic in the ground now is to help it kind of start its root process so that in the spring when things warm up, it can start growing the bulbs at that time. Um, So garlic is my number one thing to plant right now. What's your thing that you would plant right now, Harmony?
1: So something else to think about getting started in the ground right now are trees. So whether they're decorative or fruit trees, uh, nut trees, whatever it is, if you're starting like a mini orchard, now is a really, really good time to get those in the ground. Um, You definitely want to do them before the first hard frost so that the roots have time to expand and grow before the ground freezes. But depending on the, the climate of the zone that you're in,
0: now would be a really good time to get those trees in. Nice. Okay, next question comes from Charlie in Michigan, and he wants to know what is the best herb you can grow inside during the winter?
1: Oh, okay, Um, it really depends. It depends on how warm do you keep your house? What's the humidity of your house? How much sun do you have available in your house? Um, So the answer is, it depends. And I know that's not a great answer, but it's the best answer um, because it really does. Now, one plant that I will say that you anybody could grow basically is mint because mint is like i said earlier it just it's so hard to kill so if you've never grown anything inside before and you're looking for something to start with start with mint um the cool thing about mint is that it grows for a pretty long time it's a perennial and so you can keep harvesting from it and the more that you harvest from it the more that it will grow so if you if i had to pick one thing i would say mint
0: yeah, and if you can come up with enough uses to use all your mint, please holler at your girl and let me know.
1: <laughs> well, you could do you could do mint jelly, mint tea. Um, it's good for like hams, maybe. What's it good for? <laughs> There's a meat it's good for, right? There's gotta be something it's good for. I don't sure. know. Sure. I, I use it I you know what? Um so one thing we didn't talk about but I actually make little sleep satchels for the girls. Really? Um, I use these yeah, I just I take these little Organza bags that are used in like um, for like little gift bags yeah the mesh ones and yeah yeah yeah. and we we fill them up with the girls get to pick they have like we they can put chamomile they could put uh mint lavender um you know basil they can pick anything they want to and then they actually sleep with them under their pillow and once they feel like they don't really smell as strong anymore all they have to do is kind of like rub it in their fingers and then it kind of like activates that oil again and they they love it it really
0: does help them sleep Interesting. I would have never thought of that. It's a great idea.
1: So that's another another uh, use for mint. Yep. Okay. Shannon, our next question is what did we do for Halloween?
0: Halloween is an annual celebration around here. My best friend Dana comes over and we sit on the porch and pass out candy. Um, We're one of those high populous neighborhoods where we get a lot of kids that come through. So it's just better to sit out on the porch and pass it out, especially in the middle of a pandemic. And it's an annual day for me where I put the plastic on the windows. Um, Anyone with an old house in Michigan knows you can't let those drafty windows stay wide open. In the winter time so got that done too how about you harmony
1: uh real quick though did you have anybody who stopped by to trick or treat
0: yeah i we did not Um, We we went through about a half a bag of candy. I ended up um, bringing a table outside and just letting little piles sit, but it was just so cute to see the costumes that did come by. There was an invisible man. The candy just disappeared off the table. It was so crazy. (laughs) Um, There was a whole Jedi family. It was really cute. They even had the music playing in their pockets. Um, There's nothing like a toddler in a costume, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, it is pretty adorable. It is. Okay, so my kids are 13, and my youngest will actually be uh, 10 next week. So they're, you know, they're too cool for that now. Um, And I told them they weren't allowed to go trick-or-treating because I'm that mom. So we stayed home, you know, for safety's sake, and we did a piñata. Um, they each had their own pinata. We filled it up with a bunch of candy and then grandma came by earlier in the day to drop off some more candy. So they had more candy on top of their own pinata, Uh, a little spoiled maybe, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Right. So we did a pinata. Um, and then we had, you know, pumpkin pie ice cream and we just did a scary movie marathon.
0: Sounds like a lot of fun. You know, it is a really weird year for Halloween, so I think everyone kind of did something a little unusual this year. I like that pinata idea. So the next question we have, Harmony, is about your favorite herbal tea. Now I already shared mine, which was the cardamom lemongrass situation. But what's your favorite herbal tea?
1: Um, I use it as a nighttime tea, but I think it's just because I have drank so much coffee over the years that I've become I don't want to say I'm immune to it but it doesn't really have an effect on
0: me but it it does have a little bit of caffeine in it yes okay um moving to I think our last question um which herb have you wanted to grow but you haven't yet had a chance
1: It's one that you're actually growing that I haven't grown, uh, ginger. I'm super interested in that, but my understanding is that it needs, you know, more of a warm climate. So I haven't tried it yet, but I don't know. Could you tell me a little bit more about how it's going with your ginger?
0: Yeah, it actually is not going well, Harmony. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) I brought the ginger inside. I think I waited a little too late where the nighttime temperatures had already started getting too cold. Um, When I brought it inside, I put it in a shady area. It doesn't like a Lot of sun anyway and it just turned brown over a period of days so it is still planted and i'm just going to cut it back and um, very minimally water it over the winter and see if i can get it to pop back out in the spring Um, but yes, ginger definitely needs a warmer climate. Uh, it can be grown in Michigan. I've seen other people do it successfully. It does need some deep, well-draining soil and a bit of shade. It doesn't like that bright, bright all day sun. Um, so finding the right location for it can be tricky as well. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But fresh ginger, especially the newer, um, young ginger, it's just, there's nothing Mm -hmm. like it
1: yeah yeah i love there is a this adobo recipe that i use and it has
0: ginger and chicken and a bunch of different things and it is it is so good um the one herb that i would like to grow well there's actually two there's two herbs i would really like to grow but i haven't yet lavender is one of them um I struggle with finding permanent homes for perennials so if I'm not ready to put a perennial in its permanent home I just kind of drag my feet on starting it so that's my hang up with the lavender and then lemongrass is the other one which I believe can get really large and so that's kind of slowed my process with that just want to make sure that I again put it in the right place and I'm not you know shadowing something else if it gets really tall Well, that wraps up our party time for today. I know this was a lot of information about herbs and different ways you can use them. If there's additional herbs you guys would love to hear about, especially in the next episode, make sure you hit us up and let us know.
1: Yeah. Um, And just remember to kind of keep it simple and experiment. You want to try things um, at your own pace and don't grow something because you feel like you have to or because everybody else grows it. Like, If you don't like basil, don't grow basil. Um, Grow something that you like and you're actually going to use All right. uh, So, guys, be sure to check us out on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify at That Garden Show. Uh, Social media, we are That Garden Show on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we are Garden underscore That. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave us a five star review.